1: Severe MMA, severe MMA, <laughs> severe MMA, severe MMA. The severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome, welcome, everybody! It's episode two hundred and eighty-three of the severe. MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined by the Eileen Davidson of Irish MMA Media. Graham McDonald today, as we talk about one of the most exciting days in a long time in MMA last night, uh, as KSW went down, Bellator went down, UFC went down. I think the UFC won the best cards of the year. KSW, I caught the, the top two fights of that and were fantastic. Bellator. Not great, but we <laughs> we get into that uh, anyway. Graham Hartings, how was how, life with you? Liverpool last seven two before I spoke to you last time horrendous. Any cracks? Yeah,
1: absolutely horrendous. Uh, yeah, I was going to say for for a Czech Congo main event, it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah, the, the Bellator. I <laughs> actually <laughs> said that like. Oh, did you? Oh, fuck's
0: sake. No, I, I said it yesterday. I was like, it was fight of the year for fucking uh, Czech Congo main event. But yeah, like we we'll get the Bellator later on because I don't want to start in the negative on on such a a positive kind of night of fights but uh yeah it was uh it was mad um i oh, have i have to start this way, was was jackie and buckley's knockout the greatest knockout of all time what do you think
1: um i don't know just cuz the stakes aren't that high like yeah. the, the jeopardy i don't think so like, i think like yeah, even like edson Barbosa's is more spectacular even though the the odds or the there wasn't really much on the line there either
0: I, I don't think there's I don't think there's ever been a more spectacular knockout than this. I don't think there's ever been a better knockout than this. I I, I maybe you could you could argue that there's some knockouts as good as this, but I, it's hard to argue there's I mean, ever been one better than that. Like the the thing is right. Okay, you can have stakes like McGregor versus Aldo. You can have stakes like Masvidal, but he's he's uh, knockout knee against Ben Askren. Mm. What you, about
1: Uriah Hall and the Ultimate Fighter? Does that count?
0: Yeah, that was a brilliant knockout as well. But all of them, if you're just pure knockouts, fighter A versus fighter B, they don't come pale in comparison to this. And I think, I, I think, and okay, you can call it recency, maybe ask me in a year again, I might disagree with myself, but I, I I was looking at it last night and I was thinking like, why is that so good? And I think the reason is 2 fall for it, right? How many fighters in the UFC could do that? Could do what uh, Jackie and Buckley did last night? I think a small percentage. Like, could McGregor do it? Hmm. Maybe, but what could he do with the ferocity and the speed and stuff like that? Like McGregor has said himself. Well, he's something more about,
1: kind of remind me of, of something Pettis might do.
0: Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe Pettis could do it. Right, so th- there, that's the first question. Who C- could do it? And then the second question
1: is who would do it? Who would even oh. try it? Old Lando, not not new, new Lando probably
0: yeah. wouldn't. Lando <laughs> Lando probably wouldn't. Oh, okay, old oh, Lando might try. Right, so like if you think about that, though, go through the UFC roster: who would do it, who could do it, who would do it, and then who would pull it off? That, if you ask those three questions, right, I think that is the most low percentage you can probably get out of any shot. Like if you look, if you look at Sam McGregor versus Aldo, right, one of the greatest chaos of all time. Almost every fighter in the UFC could do that, right? It's a left hook. You, you, you know, you step in, you land it. Okay, maybe the timing, maybe the, 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 the you know, the world title fight, the pressure, and all. Almost no one could do that. But the, the shot itself, they could do it. The Barboza one. I think lots of people could do that, not as well, and not with the ferocity that he threw it. But people could do that as well. The Masvidal one people could do that this one how many people could do it like, how many how few. many
1: people how many people could do the Barboza one though so, so perfect
0: Sandhagen did it last you know. night you know
1: <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it wasn't as perfect it just clipped the top of the head you know oh, what I mean it wasn't yeah. as as picture perfect like technique and landing and everything about it and the fall from Terry Adams even as well like you know everything about that knockout mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I agree like a few people could do it but nobody could do this I don't think like it's almost like almost no Nobody could do what Jackie and Buckley did last night, and it wasn't like just it had the toughness of it, it was the fact that like he had the balls to pull it off, and he did pull it off. And, uh, do you know what makes it better as well? well? I think most of it
1: is the most of it is the low percentageness and the, yeah. the ball to go for. Like, I think a lot of guys could do it if they, if they oh, wanted God. to, like, if they chose to. Like, you know what I mean? If uh, But they wouldn't because the chances of it working and not ending on your back and losing the round or whatever, the implications of, of the position then probably would make them not do that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I suppose we should have actually said what the knockout was before we started talking about maybe it was people hadn't looked. So uh, Buckley threw a head kick, uh, Impact caught it and then he had like, the caught the back of his leg so it was just like two fingers. And if anyone remembers the the James Gallagher fight in, in a couple of uh, uh, a couple of months ago where he kinda caught the leg and pulled his opponent down uh, because of it. It was kinda like that where he caught the back of the leg and then uh, Buckley hopped up, leveraging on like the one finger of Impa and with his other legs, spinning back, kicked him in the back of the head. Or, or spinning back, kicked him in the head, not in the back of the head, in the front of the head, right in the fucking mush. Uh, and then what made it better, again, I think, was he not only a walk away. it wasn't a walk away it was a runaway KO he like ran to the other side of the cage as your man fell backwards and was like clearly yeah. knocked
1: out it was just the, the, the only better take about the runaway would have been if you had to, like jumped up on the cage and yeah. started celebrating
0: <laughs> <laughs> as <laughs> the ref was calling it off <laughs> or just jumped over the cage and like just got into the dressing room I mean absolutely there is but like I think it has to be up there with, with all the greatest KO's of all time I know people were saying Yaya yeah, Rodriguez as oh, well
1: Anderson and, and Vitor out for as well,
0: yeah, there's like there's been some great chaos, no doubt about it. And, and all of them, like some of them, might be as good as this, but there's none better. There's none, there's none better than this. This, I've never seen anything like, like you've seen Raymond Daniels and other these, these foot boxers do this, but mostly they do it in like you know, fucking UAE fights 74 or something like that. You know, it's not in the UFC and <laughs> I like this. It was, it was spectacular. It was, but spe- I like, I feel like this is a moment as well in, in MMA that we've kind of needed. It's been a... It's not been a great time in MMA. There's been lots of kind of undercard fights where it, they've kind of been boring and stuff like that, and especially with this Bellator, horn horrendous Bellator card uh, as well. It, it, and it feels like we needed something like this in the middle of a card just to make the card so great. And then the rest of the card turned out to be fucking fantastic as well after a few bad decisions early. Although a couple of them were good fights, but it was... Uh, it was just spectacular. It was something that got you talking. I think it was the most tweeted UFC tweet of all time. It was the, you know an immediate viral KO. It was just brilliant. It was just brilliant. I can't say anything bad about it to be honest. And that's one thing that annoyed me. Josh Gross was like, "Don't talk to me about this being the greatest KO of all time." I was like, "Why? Just because it happened today? Like, what? Whatever your argument. Let's say the Barboza KO is the greatest KO of all time. If that happened last night, people would be saying." It's not the greatest KO of all time, even though they had said it was the greatest KO of all time but when it happened. Like I don't know, it's just that that sort of thing annoys me. It's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And we, okay, we do have a tendency to go overboard and things and say they're the greatest of all time, and I definitely have to do that as well, but this was just different, I think. This was... This was one of the... Whether you think or not, it's the greatest of all time. If you don't think it's one of the greatest knockouts of all time, you're fooling yourself. It was.
1: Yeah, it's it was definitely in the game. discussion anyway. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why Josh Groce is usually good, but I don't know. Maybe he's just... Uh a bit jaded, or yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, in fairness. No,
0: I, I I might be doing a bit disservice. service He said it was KO of the year contender, and like he said, it was a great KO, on fairness. But yeah, he did say it was recency bias, yeah. Right,
1: and well. some people also like different kind of knockouts, you know, they like yeah. certain yeah. different techniques and stuff like that. Like, but uh, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, yeah was, I think it's definitely in the in the conversation,
0: yeah. It was pretty amazing. Um, right before that, we had uh, uh four decisions that I mentioned uh, earlier on. We had Tagir beating Bruno da Silva. We had Tracy Cortez. We had Giga Chikadze and we had Tony Kelly as well winning that one. The Jigacchakadze fight and the Kelly fight were two really, really good fights. I thought. Um, we uh, the uh, the Chikadze one, like he came into that as an underdog, I believe, against Morales, and he just he kicks. His kicks to the body and his kicks to the legs are so fucking good. Uh, and Tony Kelly then. Just like you know, the old the old kind of Irish toughness in him, a very good performance him did for him from him as well. Um, After the Buckley KO like, How can these fuckers follow this Two heavyweights coming up But Chris Dockis did a good job uh, Of uh, getting the fight to the ground 45 seconds and finished uh, Rodrigo Nascimento So a very good finish there And then uh, Tom Breeze against KB Buller What did, what did yeah you boy. think? Yeah my boy Tom Breeze <laughs> I, I, I do think Tom Breeze, on his day Is one of the best fighters yeah. in the world and he looked brilliant. I was, I was delighted. Like sometimes, okay, you, you're, I'm not playing favorites or anything here, but you know, if if any fighter, you, you know. Any fighter, who name a fighter who's a very good fighter, and in that, they, they have problems, and they're struggling, they, they can't fight, and then they come back, and they look like Dominic Cruz even that time with all of his injuries, and they came back and looked great, it's just, it's great to see, and this was brilliant to see, and I know KB Bullen might be the best opponent in the world, but you know what, That's not might not be bad matchmaking to get Breeze into a fight like this, which is a winnable fight, to get him back on, on, the, on the road, but I thought he looked phenomenal, what, what did you think of him?
1: Yeah, he looked he looked great. It was worrying after his last fight against uh, Brendan Allen. He he just looked shot. I don't know what was going on there. Like you know, he just he he, his, he the, all the promise and all the talk and all the the kind of um, you know the the hype. Behind him, just kind of faded away because the performance was so bad. But in this performance, he looked back to back to his best, and you know his crisp punches that left. Uh, I know the right kind of finished it in the or dropped him in the end. But the, that left that left straight is is his money for him, and it was like it always reminds me of the Col Pendred fight where he just picked Carl apart with that mm-hmm. with that left uh, easily. And yeah, he looks back to back to his best, and hopefully he can stay injury free and problem free and get back in there fight regularly. I think would be would be great for him. He struggled to, to do that his whole career.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said as well, like, oh, there's loads of middleweights out here in Fight Island. Let's get another fight or whatever, you know. And I think, uh, as you said, there fight regularly. If he could get another fight here in the next couple of weeks on Fight Island, I think it'd be perfect for him. What he only fought 102 seconds here against KB Buller, so it would actually be perfect. And I, I agree with you what you said there. He's like that left straight, and he, his fluidity on the feet as well for a big man at middleweight. You know, he, he cut down to welterweight for a lot of his career, fought Pinder there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I think kind of moving up to welterweight or to, to middleweight, he has brought. That kind of the speed and and the movement with him and has the power as well. Like Tom Breeze, a very very powerful striker, and like <laughs> could you ask for better training partners as well with the likes of Fabian Edwards, uh, Leon Edwards, and all that in, in Team Renegade, and he's kind of leading the way with him. Like it's it's all set up for Tom Breeze, you know, to be really really good. It's just. You know, I think people are kind of know what the what the issues with breeze have been over the last couple of years, and it's very very unfortunate, obviously. But hopefully he's coming out the other side of it, and hopefully, um, hopefully he can he can kick on because I think, you know, whether you uh, whether you like Tom Breeze or not, I, I think having a good Tom Breeze there, and I like I think most people do like Tom Brees, There's not not to like him far, but um, uh, <clears throat> it's having a good Tom Breeze there is good for everyone because he's <clears throat> he's right up there as one of the for me is one of the top contenders in the world if he can get a, a run going, so it would be interesting to see uh, if he can do that uh, the main card then, then uh, there was Idia Topuria versus Yusuf Zalal Ian uh, uh, O'Neill, you know, our boy, gave Zalal this big big uh, round up before he came out and then he lost uh, unanimous decision, so what are, you, what are you talking about what's going on there? But, uh, he, he
1: did look very good in his previ- previous yeah, fight before did, this though, yeah. in fairness, so uh, yeah, in it was fairness. a disappointing performance uh, yeah. <laughs> for Ian Thrown him yeah. under the bus <laughs> It <laughs> to
0: <That'd> be done. It to
1: be done. Welcome to Samir, be uh Then we
0: have Tom Aspinall versus Alain uh, Badu which was a very interesting fight, I thought, because uh, Aspinall... It, you, you know reminded me a little bit of the, the Keith Crosby-Charlie Leary fight from the last day? Aspinall was just kind of wading forward, and he was kind of wading into a lot of shots from uh, badu He had a big upward elbow at one stage, but uh, Aspinall had the... Had the right idea when they got inside when he was eating all the shots. He took him to the ground. Um, Uh, Bado didn't have a clue on the ground really and Aspinall looked good. You know, Aspinall, for a guy who's obviously talked about as a striker training with um, Tyson Fury and all those boys, looked good on the ground, looked good on top position and Bado kind of moved, you know, moved as heavyweight to do and tried to shuck his way out of it. Uh, But Aspinall managed to stay on top and got the finish. I thought it was a bit of an early finish. You know, Aspinall hit him with two or three big shots. But after that, Bado kind of covered up with his hands and he... I'd say at least seventy-five percent of our shots were blocked. No, okay, you can argue it's going one way, but I'd, I've been a big advocate over the years of you stop the fight when it's gone one way, not when it's going one way. You know, and I don't think it had gone there yet. Um, I think it was a bit of an early stop. It's not the most egregious one. Uh, mm, but yeah. not there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it was a little early too. I think there was another. We'll talk about it later another little early one that my people uh, might not agree with. I agree with you,
0: and I, I think I know what you're saying. But
1: <laughs> how, how did you? Uh,
0: how do you think Aspinall looked?
1: Yeah, he look he looked great. Like uh, it was it was dominant. Like you can't take anything away from him. But uh, yeah, I think like it probably, as you said, it probably was going one way. But you want to you know, especially at heavyweight, like one big strike can can change everything. So you you prefer to give the guy more of a chance, uh, especially when he's kind of intelligently defending by blocking or you know most of the the punches.
0: Yeah, like it's not necessarily this fight, because I don't think he was like necessarily off 100% intelligently uh, blocking all the punches and all, but he was. Yeah, but nobody ever is like him. No, you know. no there, in fairness. But yeah, it was, it was just bad. I'm, I'm not sure if it was Kevin Sataki or not in this fight, but Kevin Sataki might be the worst referee since fucking Mazzagatti and all them boys and, and Mario Yamasaki. He is horrendous. There was... Um, what fight was it I think it might have been there's the... worse
1: refs than that what, what oh. a... there's worse refs than all them I can't remember some of the names I remember yeah. Kim Winslow oh, oh yeah
0: <laughs> she was uh... remember the time they had her in like a heavyweight fight like a, a fucking Alistair Overeem yeah, or a big like, versus
1: Bigfoot versus Overeem or something yeah like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing
0: like, yeah but uh, oh god he's really bad though like we talked about him last week and he was on breaking up the clinches which I kind of liked because it's that's what I think it should be like but that's not a, with the rules I think it was the Barboza and McCanny fight, which should we'll get that. There. there was like, um, I know it wasn't that, it was another fight, but anyway, there was like uh, um, a guillotine almost on, and they kind of rolled, and there was one guy fighting the hands from the guillotine. I went on for maybe like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. They were kind of in the north, not in the north's opposition, but like the. You know, one guy had his head on the ground and the other guy was kind of lying on top of him looking for, like, the, the ten-finger choke or something like that. And he just, like, spit him up. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they're in the middle of a fucking a submission attempt here or a guy trying to escape from a submission you're fucking stopping him. Like, you change the whole fucking fight when you're doing something like that. Like, someone could have got finished there. Uh really annoys me. I, th- I just think Kevin Sadaki is a horrible referee. He shouldn't. He's not, like, he is. You look at referees sometimes and like uh, look at Kevin Mcdonald I think he's a good referee he knows the job he's just not really cut out for it I don't think he panics too much and it, but it only happens like rarely so I like I give him time and whatever this lad hasn't a fucking clue about MMA it feels like he just wants to be the star of the fight himself like oh he, he's imagining what I'd be like if I was a fucking referee I just like, what? Get my face on
1: TV. Carter. Sh- yeah. Carter?
0: Yeah, yeah. Shoni Carter? Yeah, Carter, great man, great man. Why? What about? What are you talking about, Johnny Carter?
1: He was refing. He was oh, refing a fight when yeah. double KO, and he just started celebrating as the ref instead of doing it. Was
0: that? Was that actually Shawnee Carter? Or was it just a lad that looked like Johnny Carter?
1: I'm pretty sure it was Shoni Carter. Was that, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a lunatic. He
0: was a great man, got around with his fucking cane and his hat and stuff, and and in, in, in the tough house, he was a fucking legend. Who was it? Was it Matt Serra? He knocked out. It was, wasn't it? And they, he yeah, yeah, yeah. The, before, before the
1: tough yeah. I think, and that was kind of like a little narrative going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Kept talking about showing character legend, but uh, yeah, very good.
1: Um, then
0: Drukus Duplessis came in and beat Marcus uh, Perez. Our boy Shandini had had given Duplessis the uh, the big uh, the big build up. Obviously after he had left hook. Yeah, he would fought in KSW. You know, it makes you think how good Roberto Saldaña is after beating him. But he won a couple of fights in in KSW, went over and fought uh, over in the UFC, and obviously uh, after fighting in the UFC a few times before, and came in and yeah, big big left hook, really good finish. After Marcus Perez, it was it was one of those ones. It was a weird KO because Perez was kind of falling down, and he kind of hit him in the back of the ear with the left hook uh, from behind. It was an it was an odd KO. But Perez is just kind of a wild man, and I think Duplessis, um he dealt with it very very well you know and uh, and got the good finish I just, just hear him afterwards he was like I want to be the first real African trained and born African to win a UFC title and I was like Ooh, there's a bit of shade being thrown there it reminded me like Irish lads <laughs> it reminded me of Irish lads saying uh, you know Irish Americans are fake Irish people and all I thought it was I thought it was uh, an interesting way, maybe, of... Uh, maybe not the best way, but an interesting way of getting your name out there. But how do you think uh, Dupacy looked
1: all-, all told? Yeah, he looked very good. Like, uh, And, you know, in the post void interview, it's better to say something like that than say nothing at all or call mm-hmm. out the completely wrong guy. So yeah, we're talking about it now when maybe we, if he had said something generic in the post void interview, we would have just skipped over yeah. this already. So, yeah, he's... he's Maybe he understands the game a bit more than, than some others. <laughs> what was the one we were talking about last week? With the worst call out ever. Oh, uh Jared Cannoneer and Israel Oh god, yeah, yeah.
0: That has turned so bad too, because <laughs> John, did you see John Jones? He was like, He was calling out Jared Cannoneer. <laughs> it was like he was going full off. like on it. I thought it was very funny. He was like, I'm here and I want to fight him and he's calling out Jared Cannoneer. It was like yeah, it's like you, you don't recover from things like that, like stupid call outs like that. You really, really don't, especially when you're a champion. But uh, yeah, like it felt like uh, Duplessis said a name, I can't remember who it was. Was it Kevin Holland or something like that? But he said like his nickname, I think. And I just like, I don't know what his nickname is. I saw someone tweeting it, but uh, I think that'd be a good fight. So yeah, he's on the, on the way up there at uh, at Middleweight anyway. So, uh, Martin Chibura then, he got a win over Ben Rotwell. Rotwell, you know. <laughs> he came out And uh, he was Dipping his head Punching down air. All the time yeah. Punching air St- I, th- I had stat percentages But he had 27% Of sh- strikes landed And I'm like what? And you know Anything to land A fucking significant strike in With these stupid stats These days Like he was
1: landing <laughs> nothing. like yeah, Even like, in the middle Of the second round He, he was in Fair to assume He was still trying To land those punches But they were coming So slow and So <laughs> yeah, sloppy yeah.
0: And, Like if anyone Has a uh, left high kick Against Rotwell as well You're just going to knock him out because he just dips his head down to the right all the time, and I was like praying for fucking Tabora to throw this hiking. I was, I was just looking like, why are you not doing it? It It's so obvious and so open, but yeah, he just didn't, anyway. Look, these things happen in a MMA, heavyweight fight. Uh, Edson Barboza in versus Makwan, Amir Uh It's at the first round, Barboza was winning, not, not much thrown though, but he definitely won the round. In, in the second round, uh, I think it was a, a nailed on 10-8 for Barbosa. two knockdowns, one almost sub-attempt. You know, three times where he almost finished the fight in round three. Um... And was on top for about, what, maybe two and a half minutes, but landed almost nodding. Uh, they got up Barbosa and knocked him down, almost kind of knocked him down again, did a good bit of damage, and I think won thirty twenty six 26 pretty, pretty comprehensively. Uh, I think one judge, Darl Ransom, who's a judge, a judge around here, I think it was his first UFC show, but he's done loads of cage warriors and stuff, definitely built his way up and deserves it. Gave the thirty twenty six 26 here the best card, so that was a very good card, and good to see new good judges coming up, because we fucking, we need them. Um, there was one twenty nine, twenty eight though, for Barboza, which, you know, <laughs> the bad card. <laughs> it's just a bad card. Okay, can you give the third round to Amir Cani? Maybe if you're a bad judge, um, because he did nothing when he was on top, and Barboza knocked him down. What did you think overall of the that scoring and and the fight itself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was definitely a ten eight. Uh, I think it was three three near finishes, or was it two?
0: <laughs> yeah, three.
1: Yeah, there was the, the, the yeah the submission
0: so, and the yeah. two knockdowns.
1: Yeah, and getting a takedown with a few seconds to go, like, and you know, doing nothing with it. Uh, yeah, I don't see how that's twenty nine, twenty eight. That's that's definitely a bad card. But at least uh, the decision was, you know, the, the right guy won. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I expected Barboza to win, and he did win. But I think Amir Khan showed a bit more, maybe than um, than I thought. Um, Obviously, Barbosa is kind of known as a striker and people kind of underestimate his, his well-rounded game, but it's definitely there. Like, he's like, you know, when he gets taken down, it's by, for a long period, it's by good guys like like Habib or, you know, a guy who's explosive and dangerous early like Kevin Lee or somebody like that. Like, and I don't think... I don't think uh, I didn't think before the fight that Amir Khan, would have much uh, luck with the takedowns, but he was able to like you know get a couple, but it was just kind of bad timing. And when he got them, he with time nearly expiring and a couple of times and in the round, um, and then when he did get him down, he couldn't really do much with it. And uh, yeah, I think. I think he he put up a good fight, but I think the, the the style matchup and he was just outmatched. And Barbosa did what he needed to do and won comprehensively.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Barbosa fought a little bit differently. I think he fought a more. Um kind of static game in terms of like he wasn't throwing half as much as he might normally throw maybe that's because he's cutting down and he's, I think it was one of his last fight or the fight before he had little bits of issues with, with and he's always had I suppose cardio issues and going down to 145 is not going to help that but I think Barboza, I think this is a better way for Barboza to fight to be honest not throw as many strikes look for the big strikes and the way MMA scored today if you land two big strikes in a round you know you can you can win that round and I thought he uh, <coughs> I thought he did that well against Everett
1: Go on, you see and his him. his big his big kicks are, are very noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> they make a they make a loud noise. Yeah. Um, you can see that they're, that they're that they're powerful. But um, yeah, maybe it was just because of the he knew that kind of Americani's his method victory was to to take him down, and maybe that's why he wasn't throwing as many. And he was taken down uh, off a kind of body kick at the end of the at the end of the first round with a, with a few seconds to go. Uh, so maybe that played into his mind. But yeah, I think with the with the, the scoring criteria of the the impactfulness haven't uh, haven't been more emphasized in the since the rules changed i think mm-hmm. I think it could be right about ethan Barboza, like you know uh if he can just crack off a few big strikes uh, each round and kind of stay safe that could be a that could be a, a safe and easy easy way for victory for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and especially when there's no crowds there because you can hear those kicks and hear those strikes. Like the thing about Barboza is sometimes his strikes kind of maybe sound and look better than the actual impactfulness of him. And I think that you know when you hear the fucking you know, bang to the body like Barboza hits it or a bang to the legs, it with no crowd around and no one roaring and shouting. I think that can. Even look and sound better than it is, and you know it is still very good. So I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think that might play to his advantage. I'd love to see Barboza versus Aaron Allen next. I think he was looking for someone in the top, uh, top five, top ten. I think Aaron Allen is ranked number eight at the moment. I think he's on like a seven fight win streak or something like that. Not sure if he's a fight lined up or anything, but. Uh, I think him versus Barbosa down down the line would be a, a good fight and a good win for uh, for Aaron Allen if he can get it, and if not, Barbosa puts him right into the into the picture there, the top five and top ten in that division where he wants to be. So uh, I think there's some good fights there for Barbosa, but I think Allen definitely deserves one as well. But um, the main event then, Corey Sandhagen versus Marlon Moraes. Um, I think Fa- Hagen fought tremendously, but I don't think Moraes fought a great fight to be honest. Like. I did a, a five minute podcast never over never really
1: got down, Yeah.
0: No, he didn't. I, I did a five minute podcast over on Patreon, patreon.com for severe my podcast a new new thing I'm starting to do now. Uh, and I talked about like what Sant Hagen will look like after he got that, you know, destruction against Aljamain Sterling. You know, sometimes as we've talked about before like um Francis Ngannou and come out and just stand there and and do nothing. Corey Sanchez looked the same as he looked before, but I think a little bit more slick and maybe a little bit more defensive and I think that forced Marais to kind of slip into shots. Morais was actually landing some good shots early and when he was kind of taking his time and picking his shots but I think Sant kind of looking open but being further away and just being a little bit longer made Morais kind of like jump at him and there was one stage he threw like a big left hook and he just slipped it was like the bull in the matador and it was like from that second on, I was like this is not going to go well for Moraes because he's going to get tired doing all this and with no more reward coming back from it. I was like, alright, Sandhagen won that first round. He he was he was not only landing more shots, he was landing more impactful shots as well. So he had the you know the output, which obviously doesn't count uh, as much in the scoring, but counts over the longer uh, period of the fight. And he has the big scoring shots as well. So when that happens, you know it's kind of a. Someone's getting beaten badly. And then the the second round came out. He hurt Moray. She said he had broken his orbital bone. <laughs> he kind of roared it out, Sandhagen. Uh, and then he kind of attacked him and threw that big wheel kick. Um... I, I agree. I, I think you are going to say it was an early stoppage. I I do too. What What did you think of the the fight itself and the stoppage?
1: Yeah, I think obviously when it's a kind of wheel kick, it's kind of spectacular, and you think maybe the ref thought that it it kind of landed more flush than it did, or more with the the shin than it did. Obviously, it was a beautiful technique, and it was a impactful strike. Um, but I think it was okay. He was obviously a bit a bit flustered, a bit uh, a bit rocked. But he was. I think he was okay. And uh, I was I was very surprised that the. that uh, the ref stepped in so quickly because obviously, you know, it, uh, the fight seemed to be going one way. Like you know, he, he didn't seem to have many answers for Corey Sandhagen. But you know, he's been in he's been in positions like this before, and it shouldn't even matter. Like you know, it's, it, he wasn't finished. I don't think he was finished. I,
0: I couldn't agree more. Absolutely correct. Uh, it, w- it was Mark Goddard as well, which you know I think is in, between him and Jason Herzog is the best referee in the world. So look, uh, it wasn't it wasn't the worst either. But like he got this, he hit him with the spinning uh, wheel kick. Marais got knocked down by it but when he got knocked down by it he somersaulted backwards and tried to get back up and he landed on the ground in and, and got down on top of him and Marais wasn't given the chance to defend himself like was was he, him somersaulting and moving with the knockdown not Intelligently defending himself, he's trying to get away from uh, from the person chasing him. He's trying to get away from the lad striking him. Was that not enough of an intelligent defense to give him a chance to see if he could get better on the ground, to see if he could uh, he could improve his position or he could defend himself? I think it absolutely yeah. was. If he's trying
1: to back roll onto his feet to continue, he's not obviously out of it enough to not defend himself. You know, a hundred percent. Give him the chance.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, I think I- I, like I I This is one of those ones where you can argue that it's a good stoppage, but. I, it's not. It's just not a good stoppage, and I'll say it again. It was going that way. I think it probably would have stopped him, but it hadn't gone that way yet. It just, it just simply hadn't. Uh, but uh, look, a good performance from from Sandhagen anyway. People calling, uh, he called out Frankie. Uh, yeah, was. yeah. There's
1: nothing you can take away from, from yeah, Sandhagen. Yeah. It's a beautiful fucking finish. Yeah. Really unbelievable bounce back performance against a guy who I thought would beat him so like you know uh, he did like you know the ref kind of you know we're talking about the ref not Sandhagen anyway his 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 job his performance was absolutely brilliant on the night he like as the commentators mentioned he mixed it up brilliantly Morris didn't seem to know what was coming next and couldn't really figure him out yet maybe he would have been able to give him the chance we'll never know now but it did seem like Sandhagen had his number but you know it would have been nice to see
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, uh, as I said, called out Frank Yeager next. Uh, TJ Dillashaw may be coming back. But at this stage, I think the most important thing here is it has to be Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Like, the UFC, for some reason, have not given Aljamain Sterling the title shot yet, even though he's a clear number one contender. Okay, if Marais had won here, maybe you could argue Marais has knocked out Sterling. But even then, I think Sterling has done enough. And now it's, it's completely obvious. And I don't know, if they avoid Sterling, it will be... I think it'll be a farcical decision altogether, but you you never know with the UFC why they don't like him or why they don't want to do it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Um, okay, and next week's card. And before we get to the the, the KSW and the uh, the Bellator, <clears throat> um, an okay card, I suppose. We have uh, Brian Ortega versus Sung Jung in the main event, which would be fantastic. You know, Ortega yeah,
1: the Zombie fights are always fantastic. Yeah. So stick him at the top of a card, and you know. <laughs> Ninety-nine times out of hundred, people are going to be going away from the card thinking that was great, even if they, because most people, you know, don't watch the, the mm-hmm. prelims <laughs> with guys nobody's ever heard of.
0: Did you think he'd beat Brian Ortega?
1: Yeah. Uh... Boerner Ortega is definitely dangerous. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's proved himself dangerous uh, on the feet, uh, not to be messed with, not to be overlooked on the feet as well. But he's obviously extremely dangerous on the ground. But I think uh, well-roundedness and of uh, Korean Zombie, uh, he's he's very explosive in a lot of areas. He's he's not afraid to kind of take it to the take it to Ortega. So I, I think it's a really good matchup. But I I definitely lean towards the Korean Zombie. I,
0: mm, I'm i not sh- I'm not 100% sure yet, yeah, <laughs> to be honest. um, How has the Korean zombie looked recently? I know, you know, if you look at the the, the old Korean zombie, I probably would be picking him here, but he beat Frank Yeager in, t- 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 in the end of last year. He beat Anato Maikano before that. So, yeah, two good wins there, I suppose. Uh, and in that, f- obviously one of the greatest fights of all time, one of the greatest knockouts of all time. He was on the wrong end of it against Jair Rodriguez in 2018. So, mm, I don't know. I'm undecided. I'm undecided. I'll give my pick on, on Twitter during the week. Uh, otherwise, in this card, Cyril Gagne is on the card. Uh, Chukagin versus Andrade in a big women's flyweight fight there, possibly. Jimmy Crude versus Modestus Pokokos. I love that fight. I think that's a very good fight. Tomás Almeida's back here. Brilliant. I can't wait to see him. One of the most exciting fighters in, in the UFC against Jonathan Martinez. Uh, Matias Gamrat is making his uh, UFC debut. Sean Dini will be delighted again. KSW legend Gamrat. So he's been around for a long time. If people don't know Gamrat, maybe... There's some of them uh, tune in for him. He's one of the best lightweights in the world for the last few years, so it's great to see him coming into the UFC. Uh, Gillian Robertson, Pollyanna Batelho, James Krause versus Claudia Silva, John Phillips back again representing SPG. We have a bit of malarkey against Iam uh, and two other lads, aside from Mega Man Love as well, as well uh, on this card. Uh, right, so KSW at the weekend, um we had some very good fights in it, Janikowski, Damian Janikowski, won a split decision, uh, against, uh, Alexander Borg. I believe is his name, if I'm not mistaken, um, Damien Stesiak as well got a win who people might know on, on the undercard and there was some other very good fights as well um, Shadnini will have you uh, covered and then go over and ask him about him and in the, the top two fights uh, Mikel materla one of the, the best comebacks in a long time really good Illich knocked him down I believe a couple of times in the first round but materla kind of got back on top uh, after it and I was like, ooh, I, I hate the word momentum, but he kind of got the momentum back at the end of that first round. And in the second round, he got the crucifix and got a beautiful finish. Uh, really good stuff from materla from And then in the main event, with Mahmoud Kaladov against Scott Ascombe. And Ascombe had beaten him in the previous fight, and Kaladov came out. I'm just looking at 36 seconds and uh, jumping... F- switch front kick <laughs> kind of KO an absolutely brilliant KO ask and went back uh, and you could see he was kind of looking up and like there was a- another shot coming and he was about to not intelligent himself and the ref came in and it was a very very good stoppage so uh Really, really good stuff uh, on KSW, and they looked, uh, you know, the, the the kind of the old guard, materland and Kaladov coming back here and getting the old wins. The guys who've been there for a long, long time. I think uh, Kaladov is forty years of age now, so big win for him there, and that sets up probably a big trilogy fight with Askham after him beat him the first time. So probably look for that in the, in the new year, and that should be uh, that should be a bit of fun. So it was good to see uh, KSW doing uh, good stuff, uh, and then we had Bellator, uh, and like before we get into maybe the, the card itself, we had a lot of talk this week about this BBC iPlayer deal and everything like that. And, I, like, there's... Been... <laughs> Go on. Go on. Why are you laughing uh, it's at
1: just there's, there's always something. It's never smooth.
0: No, it's never smooth. But the the thing about Bellator is they've been doing so well recently. They've been doing brilliantly, you know, and I, I think, okay, we, we've had issues with the card, maybe placements and the, 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 uh, the line-up of the card and things. But I think... Like their TV deals have gotten better and better throughout. It's still a bit hard to find them, but sure, we'll fucking get over that. And they've signed loads of good young talent around here. And you know, it's they're putting their fights on YouTube now. Fantastic for us. They're they're on Sky Sports. I think fantastic. Or oh, some people might like that because you know it's it maybe an extra subscription and stuff. But really good. Like from the, the doldrums of the days before, we had to find like a one twenty two p stream of fucking Spike TV to watch Bellator. It's been really good. But this was kind of a a throwback. It's
1: one forty. Four B to
0: sorry my apologies this was a throwback to the to the old days about before we even get to this BBC thing like it was just they, they showed uh uh Ross Houston walking out you uh, know doing his arena arrival thing and then they forgot to edit it and they showed him walking back and doing his arena arrival again <laughs> it, it looks so bad uh they had Garrett a. Davis which is just enough and then they had like they cut off Gareth Davis at times you could hear like the production counting in coming back from ads it was just it was just so bad like it was there was, and there was loads of other things as well it was, oh, it, was it was just horrendous it, it made my night though when uh, Gareth Davis asked a McCourt was she going out in town afterwards and she just goes no <laughs> one of the funniest things i've seen in a long time i think Liam mccourt is the star out i like i honestly didn't think she'd be great at it i, I just cuz you know i have interviewed her and you know she's kind of softly smoking and spoken and and she's um she's you know intelligent the way she speaks and the way she thinks and stuff but like usually for TV you need to be like more outwardly and, and you know kind of a bit mad and stuff and she's she's not that but she's really good and I, li- more I more like her. yeah Gareth yeah, is just horrible but yeah like Bellator were just really bad and the, the the one thing I would say about him it's lucky that this BBC iPlayer deal was blown out of proportion because if Actual people on an actual TV station had seen this. It would have been a fucking disaster. <laughs> like, because it was so, so bad. It was just all around terrible. But um, the, we, you know, the fights weren't, uh, weren't that bad. We'll get to them in a second. But like uh, there was people talking about the player deal, right? And the one thing for Bellator is I think it's fantastic for him to have BBC on kind of the the cv you know and if this goes to bbc one or bbc two or bbc three or bbc four if that's still live it'll be absolutely fantastic for them but it hasn't gone there yet you know and it's this you know people saw you know people were gone at the biggest thing that they've ever done in europe one of the most farcical things ever it's like literally you having the fights on youtube would be bigger than having them on the iplayer like the iplayer um <laughs> the iPlayer deal led to, to two things. It led to less people being able to see the fights in the UK. And it led to the BBC having Liam court on Newsnight and them attempting to shit all over the sport. Like, everyone has down through the years. Like, this is a thing. BBC obviously have seen MMA and they're like, oh, this could be interesting. Let's talk about it. And they're going to keep doing it for maybe six months or a year. They might have Bellator on again. Who knows? Is this a long-term deal? Who knows? And, you know, they'll, they'll talk about it. And they'll have people on their radio show. And I'm sure they'll have lads writing articles. And they'll have Dan Hardy maybe get back doing these podcasts again like they had years ago. And they'll give it up. Just like everyone has done. Just like, you know, the independent do. And, you know, Today FM do. And all of them, these boys do. And we need, I think we need to stop craving this, we really need to, like, when that news night thing came out when they were uh, saying, you know and I, I watched like 10 seconds of it and I knew what it was and I just saw everyone talking about it it was like, asking the questions, is this barbaric and all of this, we need to just stop caring about that, and talk about things like this, like, we, we'll get on to talk about the fights, we need to talk about the production ourselves and we need to talk about, you know, what these deals mean, and we need to, you know but we need to stop caring about what other people are saying about it, MMA will always be an esport sport, and remember that, it'll always be an e Don't mind what these charlatans like fucking Gary Vee tell you about this being uh, a worldwide sport and as big as basketball and biggest soccer. It absolutely never will be, ever. You can fucking mark it down. It'll never, ever be as big as him. It just can't be. Because some some amount of
1: people... What are you talking about, man? It's in our DNA. It's in our DNA, (laughs) man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. But, like, the vast majority of people will not like fighting or will not continue to watch it. It's just too hard to stay on top of as well. And it's not... Like, the difference... between fighting and um, and other sports as well is it's a more individual sport it's like why boxing is going to be big for big fights MMA will be big for big fights but won't be big all the time because you're a Liverpool fan, Graham. You're going to watch Liverpool every week. If you're a Conor McGregor fan, you can't watch Conor McGregor every week. You know, maybe you can watch him four times a year, and that's loads. But you're, you know, and some people will get into the sport via that, and loads have. But it's not going to keep fans forever. And it's not going to make fans, like, care about this and get fucking tattoos about this. And it's there every week, and every extra bit of money they have, they're and on doing that. You'll have some like that, but you won't have. 50,000 in Liverpool and 50,000 in Manchester and, you know, uh, 400,000 in London and everything like that. You just won't have that. And I think we need to realise that and realise that we have people who care about it. You care about it. Everyone listening to this podcast cares about MMA and loves MMA. What more do you need? You know, you have people like me and Graham talking here who love MMA or if you lo- love interviews with Ariel or love breakdowns or, you know, Luke Thomas or James Lynch or whoever you want to, to see and, and, you know, uh, to see talking about MMA. Why do you need the BBC to do that? Why do you need Independent to do that? Why do you need RT to do it? We don't need it. Like, we, uh, we could be here and we could, you know, cover MMA for the next... 10 years, if we have the support of 300 MMA fans, we have like 147 of them now on Patreon, so if we got a few more, we can can keep this going like forever, and we won't, nobody will need any of that shit, And MMA fans, there's enough of them out there to keep this sport going and to keep, you know, keep watching on TV and keep the numbers up so that the UFC and Bellator and cage warriors and everything like that can sign deals to keep us going. We don't need the mainstream. We have ourselves and we have a beautiful sport here that if you enjoy it and if you love it, you're privileged because so many people don't. So many people don't love it. So you, you you have the answer here. We don't need that shit. We just don't need it. And we need, I, I've done this before and I've fallen into this and I've been on radio shows and they've asked me questions about this and I've gotten involved in it and stuff, but no more. Just no more. Uh, and that's why I'm not talking about any specifics in this. I'm just talking about what we need to do to move forward and this is what we need to do. Keep our sport the e-sport. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. We can still enjoy it. Uh, lads can still make money and we can do it. All like that. Uh, it's great. It's Graham. Graham. I, I don't know. I feel like I went into a fucking rant there and I wasn't I wasn't intending to it. But any crack with you anyway?
1: We'll, we'll talk about it later when you've yes. calmed down.
0: <laughs> I feel like that was a very. That was. I don't know. I, I feel like I was calming off, though. I feel. I, you know. It was a, it's a good point. What you like. You've seen I don't know, this. know,
1: I'm only joking. Yeah, no, yeah. I do agree. Like, you know, even when the, you know, when the quote mainstream channels do, do it, uh, cover the sport, it's always terrible. Um, awful like it's 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 embarrassing it's it's it just leads to people getting annoyed uh you know the internet is everybody everybody knows like young people know know how to use the internet like you know you don't need to be on like (laughs) As you said about BBC iPlayer, like, people couldn't get it to work, you know, yeah. uh, whenever you try to watch anything on iPlayer, it, it barely works, it's like, mm-hmm. half the time, like, uh, YouTube, like, you know, yeah. everybody knows that you use YouTube, like, mm-hmm. if you have good fights that people are interested in to watch and you have them on YouTube, people can find them easily. Yeah. like there's no need for this iplayer stuff
0: mm-hmm. the, the thing about I iplayer with a... the
1: tv or whatever yeah, yeah okay you can go to other companies mm-hmm. and maybe that'll work in, in their favor but for the fans actually trying to find it and people stumbling upon uh, stumbling across it and seeing, oh I know this guy or this boy looks interesting or I saw a promo or people were talking about this fight or whatever mm-hmm. they're not really going to f- stumble across the iplayer like
0: Exactly, and like uh, that's that's the thing. That's the, the joy about having it on BBC. The people people will stumble across it, but on the iPlayer, they're not going to. Like, it was only MMA fans watching that last night. Make no make no mistake about that. Would more people stumble across if it was on YouTube? I think yeah, <laughs> they, they probably would. Like my my friend um, lives over in Glasgow, and I said to him last night, MVP's oh, MVP's fighting here on the iPlayer," and he's like, Uh no." And then I was like, "Oh, it's on Channel Five later on." I was like, "Check on fighting," and he threw it on and he started watching it like, that's the difference there, just in that simple thing, is like, it, it's like, it's, people will find it, ch- I think the Channel 5 deal is a bigger deal than the iP- iPlayer deal, I think Cagewire's Channel 4 deal is a bigger deal, like, and uh, it's not to say, but, uh, not to shit all over Bellator, aren't you? like, Bellator's Sky Sports deal, I think it's a fantastic deal, James Gallagher was on Sky Sports News there last week, my father was watching, he was like, oh, I saw that, that young lad from Tyrone or whatever, <laughs> it was on uh, on Sky Sports News, like, people will see that and that's very good and you know having if it was on bbc and people could actually watch it it'd be fantastic like having this news night thing is pointless because no one's going to go to the eye player to watch it a fucking six days later so yeah it's if it was on bbc one bbc two it'd be humongous it'd be absolutely brilliant for bellator but it's, it's just not, and maybe it'll get there, but where we are right now, you know, we've seen things like this before, and it's never gone anywhere, and he, like, yeah, I, I don't know, it's, uh, MMA, as I said earlier, has kind of, it's, as you mentioned as well, it's kind of been built on the internet, we don't need, like, these mainstream channels, and these mainstream channels are kind of on the way down anyway, so, I, I like, I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, but anyway, let's talk about the fights, um, we might as well go from bottom to the top. Uh, Mads Burnell coming in here. Obviously a former Cage Warriors featherweight champion up until a few fecking weeks ago. Uh, and he came in look really, really good against Darko Banovic. Uh, got the finish with ground and pound inside of the first round, I believe it is. I'm just trying to pull up my... Uh, my notes here, if I got up my fucking phone. But Bernard look look great anyway. Um, you know it's it's yeah, inter- it first round, yeah. yeah. Ground, it's, it's interesting here to see guys coming into the UFC. Oh, he got on his back and got the ground. But it's in- or into Bellator from Cage Warriors, where like you know we look at, let's say a guy goes in, uh, in from uh Cage Warriors right into the UFC, and we see a pathway for him forward. Uh, and he has the pathway, you know. Mads Burnell went to was in the UFC, came back, won the cage warrior title. You know, I got up towards the cage warrior and won it, and I was like on the trajectory back, kind of to the UFC. He's he's here now in Bellator, and you know him and Son back him uh, I always have to soften back like Kiefer Crosby and even Ross Houston here like where are they going <laughs> you know in Bellator it's it's that Bellator conundrum all the time you sign with them unless you have like something spectacular or they choose to move you in some direction where are you actually going and we'll talk about the Houston thing in a second that's a little bit different I suppose but you know it's hopefully Mads Burnell they, they do it right by him and they, they move him on because he's certainly one of the best featherweights in the world you know he's 14-3 now and uh, you know he's uh, a really really good uh prospect and hopefully they, they move him on the right way um, after that then we had alan omer against ryan scope scope uh, and it wasn't a great performance from scope to be honest uh, omer hit him with a lovely body shot and knocked him down and scope kind of got finished pretty quickly um, you know i i don't know the thing about scope is he's so he's so talented um and I don't know, can he just produce it on the big night sometimes, or, he does produce it for a while, and then it kind of goes against him, and when the kind of, the momentum, I'll use that word again, turns against him, it kind of really turns, and he lets it maybe turn with him, it's an an interesting thing, like, I I feel like, if Scope could get a few good wins, or a bit of confidence, uh, I think he could get it back, but, you know it's an interesting one I think he's only a couple of fights maybe left with Bellator he's he's fought a lot with Bellator so maybe they'll not do that you know there was talks of him fighting Paul Rebham before I think him versus Kiefer Crosby as well would be a good fight uh, this was at 160 so I'm sure like uh, maybe 160 again or maybe down to 155 would be a good fight but um, yeah I think it would be uh, that'd be a good fight as well but you know, interesting to see where scope goes next, and a very good win for for Alan Omer, uh, there as well. Uh, Oliver in camp then looked good. Japanese necktie came out and looked absolutely fantastic. Um, so another good win for him. T- Ten and two now he is. Um. <laughs> Garrett a. Davis was doing the interview then and asked him if he wa- <laughs> asked him did he want to fight Pitbull even though he's a 170 founder <laughs> and then Oliver it was the most Bellator moment ever Oliver Incap was like uh do you mean Douglas Lima <laughs> and then Garrett was like yeah and he's like well I don't actually kind of know any of these guys because I don't watch Bellator <laughs> it's like your own fighters in the middle of the cage <laughs> admitting that they don't watch bellator i thought it was it was just the most bellator moment it was like an old school bellator this one this fight uh, was it was it was fantastic and then weirdly in the middle of the card we had the best fight in the card in the main event as michael vina page fought, fought ross houston you know we talked about this graham bef- last week and before that it was stupid matchmaking because what's going to happen here Page is probably going to win. He's probably going to take nothing from it because people look at Ross Houston and go, oh, "He's first fighting Bellator." Eh, no, you know he's only a prospect coming through, and then they're going to make Ross Houston look like a guy who's only you know a prospect coming through and not an actually really good fighter who's on the way up, and that's exactly what happened here. Not a great fight at all. Uh, first round was close, but MVP was winning the striking. Uh, Houston was on top, but landed absolutely nothing. In the second round, MVP was winning, he landed a hammer fist to the back of the head when Houston was on the ground. Uh, but he landed on top, so he landed some good shots. Won that 20 was winning 2018, and the third MVP winning bit of clinching. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, won the fight 30 27, I think, pretty straightforward. like this fight Graham I know what you think of it but like for me it was one of those fights where I knew exactly what's kind of going to happen beforehand in terms of like the result and how both fights would or both fighters would exit the fight looking in terms of like the general public and it played out exactly that way it was it was just disappointing
1: I saw saw some people who thought it was closer than some people scored round for Houston and were kind of it seemed like they were in doubt about the decision I didn't see it that way I thought page one every round uh obviously the first was a little closer than the second and the third but i thought they were all pretty pretty clear for page yeah i think it doesn't you know all the michael page uh matchmaking is, is baffling and uh, um yeah it just doesn't really do much for either either guy as you said
0: yeah like i, I think mvp like <laughs> i've probably said this 150 times on the podcast before but MVP needs to move on into bigger competition he either needs to fight Lima again or I saw Neiman Gracie calling him out sure let's do that or you know Benson Henderson has fought a few times a welterweight before I think I'd love to see that Benson Henderson fight I think that fight makes a lot of sense okay he's, he'd have to move up again from lightweight but he, you know he's he, I don't think he'd have any problem doing that like let's let's see that fight let's make that fight and let's move him on or you know fight Paul Daly again or anything he just needs to move on from this and like Ross Houston is a good match uh, a good fight for him but it just doesn't look that way you know and it's not rising him up as Douglas Nima tweeted last night like why would I fight this guy again when he's fighting you know guys in their Bellator debut and that's exactly what I predicted would have happened beforehand like it's just yeah I, I don't know MVP seems like one of these lads who's uh, who, uh, you know he's uh, old school pro wrestling just traveling around to different uh Different regions and beating the the guy there and then moving on to the next region and he's just an attraction that wins everywhere <laughs> and you know that's grand and it's good for MVP making money but like where are you going where are you moving on to uh, I I need to see him move I really do but uh, yeah it was a good win for him but you know just the, the disappointment we were all, we all knew it would be um, then we had Ireland on I didn't didn't. Logan was supposed to fight in this card but uh there was a medical issue with I think his opponent so that fight was pulled unfortunately but Kieran Clark was able to fight here and he fought John and Die who uh, we have known for a long time obviously been around the scene hasn't fought in a few years but a very good win for Kieran Clark uh Basically, three rounds of dominance on top, some good takedowns and trips and stuff. Uh, got on top one. I think he won 30-27 in all three carries. They don't have it up here in topology, the, the exact scoring, but it was something like that anyway, and a very, very good uh, performance. What do you think, Graham? I know you've seen Kieran dark over down through the years. Um heavy you know 3-0 now is he do you think he's one of the, the good prospects as well coming through maybe a guy who's a little bit unhurled you know we always talk about you know the, the the Kiefer Crosby's and the Ian Gary's and the Paul Hughes and things like that but Kieran Clark is doing well as well isn't he
1: yeah yeah it was thirty twenty seven, and one of the judges gave it thirty twenty six. like it okay. was a it was a dominant performance um, but yeah I think like you know he's one of the guys who who fought a lot uh, I don't know how many fights he had but a lot of fights at uh, a lot of fights and a lot of losses at, at amateur to kind of you know close holes in his game get the experience start to be comfortable with the with the with the situation and the the feelings of, of a fight and all that stuff and you know i think he's done it the right way like you know he started his career 3-0 and now he's beating the guy with a really good record albeit he hasn't he hasn't fought in a while he's still he's still a he's still a good guy um so yeah i think um i don't know if i'd, I'd be i'd be rushing him towards the towards the more experienced guys than endoy or more more experienced guys than endoy yet but uh I definitely think he all that uh, amateur experience and the ups and downs have definitely seemed to have. Uh still to him and he, he looks to be he looks to be a really solid hard to beat fighter
0: mm-hmm. yeah very good performance from him as well looking forward hopefully he can get back to ireland when i'll with ireland actually at the moment and shit so maybe they want but yeah hopefully he can get another fight in there with uh with bellator again uh pretty soon uh didn't lucy Bertrand won her fight there uh faba cara beat dominic wooding moved to seven and all this guy looks really really good um very, very good performance there, beating a the tough guy in Dominic Wooding. You know, that six and four record doesn't really show how good Wooding is and a good test. Uh Yves Landau landed a beautiful flying knee KO against Terry Brazier uh in the in the first round here. You know, Terry Brazier, a tough guy as well, and a tough matchup for anyone, but a very, very good flying knee KO here. And then we had an <laughs> a 93-minute interval before the next fight. Which was just again old school Bellator. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, I was like, I, I was watching on YouTube, and um, Garrett and Leah came on, and then Garrett was like, All right, we'll leave you now. Uh, thank you very much for watching. And they like hop back to them, and then they're like, Is, is that it? Are we. <laughs> and then they kind of cut off the stream and I was like alright is there because I had to move from one YouTube stream to another YouTube stream to get from the MVP fights to get to the next fights I was like oh maybe we have to go to another stream and then I looked up the card that Ian had on Severe Man. I was like wait there's only two more fights left and they're on I think it was what was it 8.27 uh, and then they were on at 10pm on Channel 5 so there was an, an hour and 33 minutes between fights it was just the most Bellator thing ever. But anyway, um Saul Rogers looked good, got the takedown, got the rear naked choke in the first round, uh, against uh RB Mid- Mid- Mididov. There you go. Uh so I looked good. And then Timothy Johnson and Check Congo, no a relatively close fight. Um uh, I, I think it was a split decision, and you know it, it was it a split decision, written all over. Not a, not a great fight, but uh, you know some good clinching and some good punching and etc. You know, nothing. Who cares? Um, there's a Bellator card next week as well. I'm just seeing Bellator two four nine. Uh, Cyborg versus Blinko and who's Patricky Pitbull against uh Jay? We the to comment event. Obviously, it was supposed to be Patricky Pitbull versus Peter Queely, but Peter Queely was it a hand or a wrist injury or something like that? Um. Ricky Bandejas versus Leandro Higo as well on this card, which is a big, big fight uh, for Irish MMA because James Gallagher and Brian Moore, I'm sure, will be looking at that fight and wanting to get the winner. Saeeda Wilde is on this card as well. Curtis Minder versus Joe Schilling. That's not a not, not a bad fight. You fancy Curtis Minder to win that. uh, But uh, yeah, Mike Kimball is on the card as well. He's had a bit of back and forth before with uh, with James Gallagher and other people like that as well. Um, Graham, a couple more things before we head off. Uh, how are you anyway, Graham? How, how's the crack with you? Any, any, any news? No, anything? Uh, anything? Mad in the world? You know, you didn't talk much about that Liverpool getting fucking smashed there, everyone No, any, any words on that now? Seven two, Aston Villa, Ross Parker? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Adrian and Gomez and Trent and uh, even Van Dyke, Van Dyke Everybody was all over the place. Uh, the, no pressure in midfield. Trying to play this ridiculous high line with Adrian in a six-yard box. It's just not going to, I don't know, what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But in fairness to Villa, they fucking, they exploited it. Brilliantly and destroyed, absolutely destroyed Liverpool.
0: Yeah, fair play Up the villa, up the villa. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what do you think of... Uh, what about, what about... No, Man no, United let's uh, <laughs> move no, on. No, 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 let's move on. <laughs> I suppose that's to be expected,
1: Like it? It's just, uh, it's not even a, no, a that's shock.
0: No, it's not, not a shock. I've always been Team Jones anyway, I should never have been sacked. But uh, what do you think of this McGregor versus... Um, Poirier, so it seems like it seems like it's, it like it's gonna happen now. You know, uh, Poirier said he's accepted. Uh, first of all, do you have seen Dana White since last time we spoke? Uh, they said they had offered and both a fight. Uh, Porrier said he accepted the fight. Dean McGregor came out and said he accepted the fight, but he wanted to do it in uh, November or December before the end of the year. Which, you know, the UFC, I think they need a fight for the the twelfth or nineteen card, is it? So they could surely put him on that. You know, they've plenty of time to do it. Um, but why did why
1: why do you think they want to wait until next year? Why would they want to wait? I don't understand.
0: I wonder, is it? trying to get fans back in there. Maybe they can get the start next year. I think Florida have actually opened up so you can actually put fans in there. I don't know if the UFC would do that or not, no, after the backlash they got the last time, but maybe that's why. But I don't I don't think it'll be that quick. I, I don't know why they want the way to be honest. Um yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure, maybe it's the, the next financial year or something like that, I don't know, I don't know why, but if it, it feels like, what do you, uh, for me it feels like they're gonna try to attempt to do it, and they're, you know, the, the the biggest thing for me I think was, they offered McGregor the fight, right, and they they haven't kind of been fucking him around it doesn't seem like, it seems like he's happy enough with it, it seems like Parry is happy enough with it, and they've really put it on, like McGregor's done a great job I think in the last... Maybe two weeks of kind of half trolling the UFC into making him, <laughs> you know, giving him a fight because they just wouldn't for ages. I know we talked about it before. I mean, we came early on the podcast. We were kind of like explaining to him why the UFC are not doing it, uh, which seems very odd. Like, but do you feel? I don't know. Uh, do you feel like it's kind of going that way that McGregor versus Paria will happen at some stage? Yeah.
1: It seems to be, but uh, like I don't, I don't really know. But it seems to be kind of Dana was trying to looks like Dan and DFC were trying to fob it off but I don't really know why Why wouldn't they want to get him in there as quickly as possible so he can come back again in a few months uh, all being well again and you know I, I, I don't know what's going on there it's very strange
0: yeah, like, I, I don't know, Dan is a petty man as well, how McGregor put out them DMs, maybe he was like, a, you know, like <laughs> But it was
1: before all that, that's yeah. I think the DMs were put out because of all is fobbing off and, and lying in the media and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think the reason is they don't want McGregor fighting when there's no crowds there, because the pay-per-view when to turned from McGregor is going to be going to ESPN because of that deal they have. Um, so I think that's the main reason why they don't want him and... I think McGregor kind of had to force his way. You know, he's like uh he's like deadline day transfer where the, the player kind of hands in the transfer request and I'm like, come on lads, I, I'm I don't want to. F- what was it, Peter on Wingy, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. who
1: drove Ma- or some player who drove <laughs> yeah, into yeah, the yeah. club trying to, trying to get in there, get away from McGregor. West Brom, wasn't like it? <laughs>
0: McGregor showed up at the fucking PI and he's his uh, his BMW P1 or whatever you call it, and just sat outside in the car park waiting for a fight. Yeah, that's that's kind of what happened, I think. Yeah, but uh, it was like. You're about this is right MMA needs Conor McGregor back. It needs a big fight. It needs something huge. You know we that knockout last night I talked about it earlier on. It was something big and it was something viral. It was something exciting that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And no people are saying like the Adesanya fight it would did seven hundred thousand buys worldwide and so but it didn't have it didn't have the the madness, or it didn't have the feel of even a big John Jones fighter, McGregor fight. And I'm sure lots of those boys were in New Zealand and Australia and stuff as well. And it didn't have that feel at all. And no fight has had it in a long time. You know, even you know McGregor versus Cowboy had it a little bit, but not as big as maybe a, a even bigger McGregor fight. I think this will be a bigger fight again. I know some people will look at it and go, "He already beat him," uh, but I think everyone listening to this podcast and every uh, non-casual MMA fan will uh, will realize what a big fight this is, and it's a tough fight for conor mcgregor because at 155 is a different animal and he's been absolutely fantastic over the last while and you know like i it's a fight i remember i tweeted it a couple of months ago i was like i think Parry has done enough now and i think he needs a big big fight and uh this mcgregor fight's a fantastic fight. i hope it happens like it, it's still it's it's one of those things where i kind of think it will happen but I don't know. Like I kind of thought the Pacquiao fight would happen as well, <laughs> even you know, even though it made no sense and everything. But I think maybe the backlash to that and people saying nobody cares about it, well, I might have deterred him a little bit from that. But you know, the, the UFC have offered it. McGregor wants it. Uh, Paria wants it. McGregor says he'll give the five hundred grand to, to Poirier's uh charity, which is absolutely fantastic. And for that reason alone, I hope it happens. Um, so you know. <laughs> it's it's funny to be talking about something positive with Conor McGregor and a fight for Conor McGregor it's, it's like we've just had fucking this lockdown and nothing but fucking madness and things like that so yeah hopefully it happens alright uh, let's answer one or two questions Graham before we uh, before we head away because I know the boys have sent in a load over on uh, Patreon uh, or, uh, yeah, in Patreon and over on Twitter as well. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast, I will have the Q&A out on Tuesday, I believe. So uh, tune in for that and let's see it. So um, a, a few people have said, how did a judge give Amir around?" a round? I think James Gill said it and Paul Brown said it as well. Yeah, I don't think it was great. I was looking at the cards. The judge gave him the third round, which, you know, for top position... Maybe you can argue it, but I don't think it's a strong argument there uh, at all. Um, it's you know, Barboza got the knockdown after it, so I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Andrew McCarroll, who would you like to see Richard Kyley fight next? Any, any ideas, Graham? Oh, he called out Terence, Terry Brazier, on the, the podcast there at the start of the year. Terry Brazier just lost. Richard Richard Kylie. assume, is coming off of a loss. He's always coming off of losses but uh, Oh, no, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. No, why did I say that? Sorry, Richard, I apologise. Brazier versus Kylie, I like that fight. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we've been. Yeah, there's it's, it's definitely some um, some hype behind it. They've been they've been jawing at each other <laughs> for for years now, and uh, Kylie always has a has a way of getting people interested in in his fights, uh, even if they're even if they're open arms about it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, I think um I think they they could make uh they could get people interested in that, and uh, I think yeah, I think Bellator have been shown shown a history with Richard Kylie of kind of making the fights he's kind of. Promoting before they're they're made,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So let's uh, let's see it. Uh, Scroobius Pip asks, "Is the Showtime uh, the face. my favorite? My favorite fighter in Irish and me Don't don't attack me. Uh, Is the Showtime kick the greatest knockout that wasn't a knockout of all time from Scroobius Pip? It's uh, it's up there, isn't it? Like it, I, it's hard to think of anything else that was a great knockout that wasn't actually a knockout. Um, there's been a few, I suppose. Jose Aldo with um, at the end of the round against Chad Mendez remember he kind of knocked him out and then he kind of came back and he fought again
1: after the bell yeah after the was bell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. the
0: one yeah, there's been a few but yeah it's hard to think of one as spectacular as the short time like people a lot of people think it was a knockout even though it wasn't a knockout but uh, yeah it's it's definitely up there um, who's uh strike that I mixed Sandhagen versus Edgar next uh, like has Edgar done enough to earn a Sandhagen <laughs> fight <laughs> what are you um, what do you
1: drawing at like he he, he loses a, he loses a fight It gets a decision and now he's he's, he's back in the mix <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just a it. perennial title title shock <laughs> he
0: definitely is yeah, he definitely is uh, Mr. Bajas the, the top 5 KOs in UFC history I'll answer that I'll think about an answer on the podcast but off the top of my head here I'm going to go with Buckley McGregor against Aldo um uh Wonderboy against that and Station. Vitor. um Masvidal Vidal has to be up there. Yair Rodriguez. Anderson are, no. uh, which one? The the front kick, the Vitor? Front kick against Vitor? That was a TKO. He only knocked him down with that and then he bit, and finished him across the ground. That one, um oh God. Uh, he- was remember that Mark Holman, was it Mark Coleman years ago, or was it, was it was it Josh Barnett or something? Kicked him in the face with the shoes on and knocked him clean out. I I always mix up who that fucking was, but yeah, people know it anyway. That brilliant KO. There's been a lot of them. Like there's been a a lot of uh, a lot of big ones down through the years. But all of mine are very recent. But anyway, uh, last question here from Brad. What's your favorite Eurovision song, Graham? What's what's your favorite Eurovision song? You surely have a Eurovision song that sticks out to you. that's your favorite <laughs> song. <laughs>
1: i don't know i can't think of many except dustin the turkey <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ireland they <do> is fall. <laughs> mine is uh in your eyes by neil kevin i a song
1: oh what a song
0: in your eyes i see the light leading me home again no what about uh the, the, there pieces, remember that lordy song oh, hard rock hallelujah it was a great one um what else? Oh, there's, there's some Euphoria by is it Lauren or someone like that? A good old yeah, dance. My, song, my, my yeah. lovely horse. My lovely horse. Yeah, has to be up there. Uh, <laughs> John, Johnny Logan, pop so it on a string. Uh, Dana. So yeah, been a lot of up Ireland. Ireland haven't won in about ten years since the fucking, I don't know, since the nineties or something. So. Look, these things happen. In all it's right. they didn't want to win
1: it anymore because
0: nah, they couldn't afford they couldn't, it. <laughs> they couldn't afford it. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Uh, right, Graham. That's it from me. That's it from you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you all. Sign off patreon.com forward slash review on my podcast. As we were talking about earlier on, we can keep going and MMA coverage can keep going around here as long as you support us. So, uh, literally, the price of a pint a month. If you met me at myself and Graham out, would you buy us a pint you probably would. So sign up on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the mail podcast. $5, I think it is. Uh, so uh, yeah, please do that. Please help us out. And we, we would be very, very grateful. Right. All that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. Never let your emotions overpower your intelligence. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or probably Sunday.